Disclaimer, Joss, Jules, and Nevermore are not professional therapists. They will be sharing their personal experiences and advice, but this is in no way a substitute for professional help. There is also a good chance of swearing, tears, and triggering conversations, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slaying Demons, a podcast about facing your fears in life and being the best version of yourself. I am your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, are my two lovely ladies, Jules and Nevermore. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. How are you wonderful ladies doing tonight? Things are good. It's uh, it's like it's March now, so <laughs> it's not freezing cold, but instead it's now like freaking crazy windy and like storms like it's just you know i'm just so glad i don't have the freaking crazy cold i i got my heating bill this week uh yeah actually today i got it from from last month and i was like oh my gosh like the number went down for a change like you know the moment where you're just like screw you and your stupid cold crap <laughs> so i'm good yeah, I'm I'm ready for the whole kind of springtiminess. I do I fall is my favorite season and I do prefer winter to summer just because I prefer to be cold than too hot, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of ready to have a reason to go outside. <laughs> Everywhere's like what's too cold? I don't know what cold. Yeah, is. exactly. <laughs> and like you guys turn your heaters on? What? <laughs> do you have a heater we do <laughs> it's just it's just like the air conditioner like version of it we don't have like little like plug-in ones or anything mm-hmm. but we just don't turn it on i'd rather snuggle <laughs> up to be warm than Ooh. <laughs> a lot of heat is free baby <laughs> so jules you've actually you've had a really really big i guess day today yeah. Yeah. are you it's are you, kind of exciting yeah do you want to do you want to tell everyone what's going on yeah, so like I, I debated whether I was going to say anything publicly or not, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just do it. Um, <laughs> I I uh, saw a listing for a townhome that came up on uh, yesterday, and I sent a message to my realtor, and I said, I want to go see this tomorrow if I can. She's like, yes, let's go at 11 o'clock in the morning because it's vacant, so you don't have to like you know schedule anything specifically with the uh, the homeowners. And uh, so we went and I saw it and it was like, she's like, I think you're going to like this one. <laughs> and it's the it's the location I want. It's the style and the size that I want. It needs a little bit of work, but the price was right. And I said, OK, let's put an offer in. Let's do it. So I put an offer in on a townhome today. I am still waiting to hear back from them whether they accepted it or not. Uh, and then we'll see. The problem <gasps> is, is like things are just so like they fly off the market. So 
my dad is on the phone with me going, do not put in a full price offer. And I'm like, dad, like my, I'm reading all of his stuff and everything I've seen says, if you don't put in a full price offer, if you want a place, then you're pretty much out unless there's something severely wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, like if it needed like a, a whole slew of stuff. And so, um, this one did not. It's like, yeah, it needs new carpets eventually. And the countertops are needing to be redone in the kitchen and stuff. And the appliances are old and, it needs a whole paint job and everything like that. But you know what? That's all very surfacey. That's not like yeah. big reno yeah. stuff or, you know, might fall over because of a crack in a foundation or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was one that was on the market that my realtor sent me and I was looking at it going, okay, so it basically is a foreclosure, which, and every carpet was disgusting and the bathrooms were like completely unusable. And I'm like, so basically I buy it at a little price and then I have to spend like three months renovating it in order to even start to live in it. No. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I, it's pretty exciting. I've got an offer in my first one. Yay. So we'll see if it goes through or not. Uh, my phone is on right now in case. <laughs> I was going to say, we might lose Jules partway through this episode, guys. So just wanted to make sure everyone knew why. <laughs> so uh, I'm very excited for you. So I, I really, really hope that you get it. Because that would be super awesome and we can all live vicariously through you and then also have Seriously. a place to like sleep when we come and see you. Yes. <laughs> I would have a second bedroom and I, you know, and I have a futon and that goes to the second bedroom. It's perfect. And yeah, there's lots of room in it. It's per it's just it's everything I, I wanted to get in the right price range that I wanted. So I was like, let's go, let's do it. Go, go, go. Yeah. So. <laughs> Seems like that's really yeah. the way that you have to be these days. <laughs> It like, really does. Literally. Like for any area, especially ones that are popular like that, it's, you know, and when it's ready to move in too, I think that's a huge mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. People don't like, want to waste the time and money to renovate yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot out there. Like I've seen a lot of stuff in the last three months that I've been looking and, you know, a lot of stuff where you could move in, but it's like everything needs to be updated because, you know, but they can put it out there on the market and have it sell because there's not a whole lot of inventory of homes people selling. So, uh, yeah, so it's been an exciting day and I've been, you know, you know, that whole conversation we had about patience a couple. <laughs> yeah. <weeks ago>? Yep. <laughs> oh, this is hard. That's the demon that you're dealing with right now. <laughs> I'm like trying to do everything to keep myself distracted and not stress, you know, mm. sorry. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we are here to distract you. Uh, this week, we are doing our recap episode. So we're basically going back on demons that we talked about before and telling you guys how we are dealing with them. The one that I thought that we would start off with is one that's uh, still a little bit fresh, but I feel like I'm better equipped to talk about now is uh, our grief uh, episode, which I believe was episode 18, uh, where we talked about the loss of Ralphie. So I feel like um, it, we're a few weeks removed from the actual event now, and I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it. I can make sentences without crying, which is really nice. Um, and I've also kind of like uh, warmed back up again to being in World of Warcraft and um, I'm kind of like re-experiencing WoW because I, I went through probably about two weeks where I was just like, I don't want to be in here. It's too sad. Like I just, I don't want to, like I love... 
I love our community, but I don't want to be around them. <laughs> like, you know, I just I just needed to be a little bit removed and and kind of take care of myself, I guess. Um, so I did that and I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better about it now. But then the flip side of that is now I feel guilty for feeling better. <laughs> oh, yes, that's normal. <laughs> yeah. So very normal. That's kind of, I guess, the the new extension of it, I guess, is like I'm still thinking of him every day, but then like I'm not sad every day. So then I'm just like, you're a terrible person because you don't miss your friend as much. Like, <laughs> and yeah, so I guess that's like the new grief demon I'm startling with, if that makes sense. Very much so. So I don't know. I don't know about you. Nevermore has have things. Do, do you do you even want to talk about this or? Um, no, that's okay. Um, I'm the same way a little bit too. Where certain things remind me of Ralph. Um, I like I did the same thing. Like uh, Randy Jordan was talking about. Like he went through his tweets, you know, and how your interactions and just like memories and stuff and. I searched all that and that was all really sad and made me miss him more and stuff, but things are, you know, life goes on, which mm -hmm. is unfortunate, but it's true. And I try to redirect the sadness into the now, you know, if I, if I think about Ralphie and I'm sad and I miss him, like I try to redirect it into spending time with people I love or telling people, you know, just, hey, I thought about you today. It might take me two seconds to say that. And they might just go, oh, that was nice. And then move along. But at least you're saying it, you know, like you're getting it out there. Because, like, you want people to know how you feel about them. Mm -hmm. And I think it gets forgotten a lot. So I've really been trying to kind of embrace that and redirect it that way. And uh, we actually did, um, Randy set up a GoFundMe for Ralphie's Memorial. Um, it raised over $3,000. Wow. Uh, part of that's going to, it went to a huge floral display. I don't know if we tweeted it publicly or not, but he shared that with us. So I'll have to try and ask him about a picture, but, uh, and then the rest of it, I think is going towards, uh, I don't know, some sort of memorial stone or something. I don't know The it hasn't all been worked out yet, but we've been working on that. So that was also kind of, um, <sighs> it helps with the sadness too, I guess, um, just focusing on stuff like that. I know it helps so. me a little bit to, to be focused on something and to be doing something and especially something that has to do with honoring Ralph, I think really helps too. Um, just to say like, okay, <laughs> I need to do X, Y, and Z because we're doing, and I, feel like it might have been the same for you setting up just the memorial that we did in game just to say like okay this needs to be done and this needs to be done and this needs to be done because then my brain is not thinking about it so much but I'm also honoring yeah. a memory so I, I feel like maybe that's what I'm missing right now is like I, I'm getting back to doing stuff and and not that everything that I do from now on needs to be centered around the loss of my friend but um I feel like the that I'm that that's where the guilt's coming from is because the things that I'm doing for like a week were very centered around him. And now the things that I'm doing are no longer centered around him. So that's where the guilt feelings are coming from. So I feel like it's probably a good thing for you that you still have a little, a little bit of Ralphie stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it I'm really missing is. that a little. <laughs> it, it is very distracting. And I'm sure that I'll kind of go through a phase, you know, and it's, it's a constant like ever changing thing. Like, mm -hmm. You know, you're 
sad, then you're happy because you're thinking about memories, and then you might be sad again. Like, it really is kind of like this roller coaster of constant emotion. So, every day is different. Yep, mm-hmm. it definitely is, which I think is yeah. really the the best summary you can possibly have about just dealing with grief in, de- in general is every day is going to be different, and you're going to feel things differently from one day to the next. So... Still struggling, but not as much as I was a few weeks ago. So <laughs> overall, but, that's then, a good you know, thing. That's what we talked about in the show is the um, the progression of the cycle of grief. And so you're working through it. You're moving through everything that's completely normal. And, um, you know, as Nevermore said, life goes on. You know, you move forward. And it's hard to think of it that way. Like, you know, life goes on without this person in it. But you know, when you know someone like that, you know, for certain he would be like, I don't want you sitting around just pretending not to live because I'm not here anymore. Oh my God. He would be like kicking my ass so hard right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, he would you just know, be like, what the hell's he, wrong with you? Like, <laughs> just as he kicked your ass in and encouraged you mm-hmm. and did to do all the things that you were doing before he was, uh, when he was here, yeah. you know, before yeah. he passed away. So that's the things that, you know, keep you going, keep you moving forward and it's okay. It's because he really <laughs> would want you to do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so what about you, Jules? What's your what's your first, possibly only, I don't know, someone didn't fill out the show notes, Jules and Nevermore, <laughs> but <laughs> what demons did you guys want to, or did you well, want to recap? I was going to flow with it. Um, my So I actually haven't talked about this very much, but um, in February, in the beginning of February, I went on a, uh, a food plan, a prepared food plan, um, that I had done before. Um, it's a, basically it's, uh, it, it's a company that makes all fresh foods and you pick them up twice a week and it's like heating, heating them up in the microwave. Sometimes they're, they're just served cold and it's, you know, for the entire week. And so that's all you eat pretty much is that, <laughs> is that food. And it's uh, 1,500 calories, which is what I'm consuming. And actually, this is a vegetarian plan. Um, is that I, 1,500 a day? 1,500 a day. Okay. Yep. So <laughs> it's like 1,500 I, a meal. 1,500 Jeez. forever. <laughs> yeah, forever, everything you eat. Yeah, 1,500 calories a day. Um, I chose the vegetarian plan because um, I'd been on their other plan. And the some of the, uh, the meat entrees were a little... A little odd, especially if, you know, you've been sitting in the fridge or, you know, packaged up for a couple of days and then reheated. It didn't taste as good. Mm. So um, I've been doing that since the beginning of February. And I've lost about five pounds from doing that. Nice. But, yeah, it's good. I mean, but the, I think the better part about it is how much healthier I'm eating. I'm just not eating anything processed. It's all <laughs> vegetables and, uh, you know, whole grains and fruits and all of that. Um, You're making me feel even more guilty about my (laughs) McDonald's binge tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me though. Like I've had my binges. Like, so, um, I, you know, I give myself one meal a week, like a dinner a week to, you know, go and, and splurge on the things that I want. Um, but what it's doing is it's actually like wrecking my digestion system because I'm getting used to eating all this healthy stuff. Yeah. So when you, and go, then, when you slide backwards, it's horrible. <laughs> you have no idea, girls. Like I, we, so on uh, Saturday, Pat and his wife and I, um, 
I, I went over to help her with some stuff. Um, and she's like, I'll buy you a beer after we're done. And I'm like, okay. So we decided to go out to brewery and drank a couple beers. And then we went to a different one and had, um, had food cause they had all the bar food <laughs> and I <laughs> ate all the hopping. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I ate all the shit I wasn't supposed to eat. Right. And so I, or I haven't been eating forever. I came home. It was 5.30 in the afternoon, and I laid my ass down and fell asleep for two hours because I felt so hungover, like <laughs> so drunk and hungover and eating this really bad food. <sighs> and I suffered for about a day because my stomach was like, fuck mm. you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> benefits to eating better. Um, you know, I feel I feel a lot better. I have more energy. Um but sometimes it's kind of hard on the guts, like, you know, all that. Well, the, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the thing is, it sounds like it, it's hard on you when you slide back, which is actually probably in the end better for you because right. you're going to probably get to the point where you're just like, well, you know what? This really, you know, a fatty or rich or sweet thing that I used to treat myself with once a week. I don't even want to do that anymore because it it makes me feel so much worse than if I just yeah. don't have it. Like I'm actually fine with the stuff that I'm eating. And then, you know, your treats and your, and your slippages get healthier and healthier as yeah. time goes on. Right. So yeah. The one thing I needed to do and I'm still working on it and I'm getting close is I needed to break my sugar cravings. Oh That's my God. My sugar cravings sugar are cravings. so bad. Right. And so, and it was at night, I would always have a fricking sugar craving that would just drive me through the roof and I had to have something sweet or I, I couldn't function. And that has, thank goodness, started to break. And so, um, it's taking a lot of work and it doesn't necessarily feel the best in my guts because of all the adjustment that mm -hmm. I'm doing, but I know that I'm doing good things for like my, my, my cholesterol levels and, for my heart and, you know, um, all the things so, that yeah. we should start to kind of maybe be thinking and worrying about. Cause like, we're right. not teenagers anymore, by the way, WTF, yep. when did that happen? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Dude, I've yeah. been eating anything and everything oh. lately, like seriously. And I know a lot of that has to do with like grief stuff, but I mean, mm. obviously it was even before that, like I've just been horrible and I've noticed a huge, weight difference since I stopped working out with my friend, my coworker. So this, this train's got to get back on track because it's terrible. Yeah. I've been craving Oreo milkshakes or Oreo, whatever blizzard kind of crap <laughs> lately. Just ugh. like if I could have it, I would have one right now in my hand. Yeah. Eating it. Yeah. I, I've been struggling a little bit since I got sick because I kind of, so I got sick and I literally in the course of a week lost 10 pounds. Like I was so, so sick and I went down so fast and I actually only ever ended up gaining back about two or three pounds of that. Um, but when I got sick or when I got over being sick, I guess, um, my body just, I had these intense, like, fat and salt cravings, which is something normally I don't have. Normally I like Jules, you were talking about you with your sugar cravings. I have such a crazy sweet tooth. Um, but since I've been sick, I haven't had sweet cravings hardly at all. Like here and there I'll have a, a chocolate craving, but for the most part, it's not sweet. It's salt. Like it's like my body now can't get enough of fat and salt. Hence the, you know, McDonald's craving today. And, you know, like I just, I'm, I've been eating like tons of like crackers and cheese and just like salty, savory as much as I can get. And it, it seems like it's never enough. 
and yeah. uh, and I don't know, like. I mean, I, I realized that I, I haven't been eating well in the last, I guess it was about a month ago now that I was, that I did get really, really sick. So, you know, like it's, it's been three or four weeks of eating normally again, but even then, like normal is still not healthy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, I, I have to say for everybody, you know, and for me as well, it's a process, mm -hmm. you know, you have to. You have to come to terms with the things that you can change right now. And, um, you know, if, if it's one little thing at this point, like I'm, you know, saying, Hey, I'm going to make sure I work out a couple times a week. I've been, um, I've been sliding a little bit backwards in my five days a week of working out. And so I've been trying to push myself back into that. Um, but the nice thing was, is when I went to Florida and we were all over the place walking, you know, seven, eight miles a day and it didn't phase me in the slightest Yay. because I was, I'd been doing stuff. So I knew I was, I was working that, but I backslid a little bit cause things have gotten busier. So I have to push myself so that it continues. Um, if I get this new place, I won't have a gym at my, uh, at my place. So I'm going to have mm -hmm. to join a gym. Um, so there's going to be, there's going to be things that I will need to do to stay on track. And so the thing I have learned is even when you backslide, when you fall off the wagon, when you stop working out, when you eat badly, tomorrow is always another day. Mm -hmm. and it's always, a, you know, one little thing you can do. And so that's where I, that's where I put my focus on. See, because it's easy for us all to sit here and be like, Jules, you skinny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I am so not. But you have to, you know, we have to remember, like, she's been working her ass off to, like, get to this point. You know, it's not just like she woke up and was like, I'm going to do this and be on this plan and, like, go to the gym and stuff. Like, obviously, we've talked about it for a long time, and she always has positive updates. I have to, like, remind myself, like, you're the one who's not, like, getting your ass up going to the gym anymore. So, like, it's my, I guess, fault because I'm not being productive with it. So, yes, people listening, Jules is doing great. Don't judge her. <laughs> <laughs> Look at well, the you know what, though? We got to change ourselves. <laughs> here's the thing, and here's the problem with all of it is with all this time, I've been doing this since November. I've been working out regularly, and then I changed the diet stuff in February. I've still only lost five pounds total mm -hmm. in three, four months. Yeah. And it can be very demoralizing, you know, I'm to the point where it's just going to be slow. I'm 40, I'm almost 43. I know that my body is now not the same as it used to be. And so it's going to be harder fought, but habits are incredible. Like you're changing them and that's like a huge, huge step in everything. So, yeah. I'm still grumpy about it. <laughs> oh man. No, I totally, I completely understand that. Like I had the same sort of thing. Like I, I went, you know, lost 10 pounds back from like September through till I guess like kind of mid December ish. And it was like, I was giving up all kinds of stuff and I was decently happy with that. But then I went up and gained five back and I was just like, but I haven't, what the, <laughs> like yeah. and and just the fluctuations really really punishing and demoralizing and then it's like I and, and I you didn't never want to say this but I feel almost like lucky I got sick because it's like it gave me motivation again because all of a sudden I was like boom down another 10 pounds that's 15 overall go Joss go and it's like <laughs> that wasn't healthy like that wasn't good 
but it was like, okay, Don't now this we're willingly, okay? <laughs> no, I know, I'm not, I'm not. Don't worry. But I'm just, I'm at the point where I'm just like, it. Do I need to? Like, I feel like, and and I'm not going to do this, but. I can I can see the kind of mentality, like I can see the mental path that would lead somebody down a very unhealthy road because, like Jules said, making exercise changes, even if they're big, and making food changes, even if they're big, they especially as you get later on in life, make such small impacts and small changes that you get to the point where you're either like, okay, either I stop because I don't care because this is too much work and it's not making that big of a difference anyway. So you just give it up completely or you take it to the absolute extreme and you, you know, just stop eating or you, you know, eat and throw up or, you know, like, because those big major extreme changes actually do lead to then weight loss, not healthy weight loss. I'm absolutely 100%. Jocelyn is not advocating doing this, but I can see, like in my head, I can see the thoughts forming to be like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> like younger Joss, who was, you know, super active all the time and, you know, ate pretty well because my mom cooked like home cooked meals all the time and, you know, all the rest of it. I never, ever, ever had problems losing weight like I would I would put some on take some off like usually it was just fluctuations with sports teams or whatever like I never really had to struggle with my weight if anything I was sometimes just too skinny so um I never had that real weight struggle and now that I am I can absolutely understand how people can slip down that slope <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's it's a range of desperation mm-hmm to uh to conform or look for you know look for what you think is the ideal and um you know and the the hardest thing for especially for us as women is that if we are if we are to look anywhere outside of ourselves we're constantly bombarded with these images of hatred for our bodies and you know and people judging us and it's just awful. I mean, I saw something on my Twitter today from uh, a woman who is a comedian. She was performing at a, at a concert. She was doing a show and her friend was there and this napkin got left on her friend's uh, table saying, you're disgusting. I watched you eat and you grossed me out so much. I, why, why do you exist? You fat bitch. <laughs> I mean, people, this is what people do to, you know, and women do this to each other. Mm -hmm. I just, it's very, I can, Jocelyn brings up an amazing point to say, you know, we, there's the extremes because we feel like we have to, Mm. to make our, you know, ourselves happy or feel confident or find a man to love us or whatever it is that. Whatever the, whatever the driving force is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. You know, I don't like the way that I look in photographs at this point. I don't enjoy it. I want to change that. And, uh, you know, I just keep fighting because I know that I need to do something about it. But it's tough. You know, there are days where I'm and a lot of times where I've just my brain just goes, I'll just screw it. Why do you care anymore? Because it doesn't seem to do you any good, you know. It's easier if you just eat the shit that you want to eat rather than the stuff that you should eat because it, you know, the stuff that you should eat isn't doing anything different for you anyway. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, 
Oh, it's so frustrating, especially yep. as you get older. Yeah, I well, can. And see, I'm going to look into because, OK, so in relation to what you're eating and how that affects your body, um, I finally got insurance on the first. Thank God. So I have it at Yay. least through the year or however that's all going to work out. Um, <laughs> but I haven't found like a general person yet. I haven't found a doctor or whatever. Well, I've been having like this pain in my side, like under my rib cage, kind of above my hip. And it's like always just, you know, like if you put your hands on your hips, it's like right on that, you know, Mm. so like underneath there. So it's not like it hurts. It's just like a discomfort that's like there, it's there a lot. And it's been bothering me. So I'm finally going to go see somebody. Um, It's not a general practitioner. It's like a, I forget what she's called. Anyway, it's like a specialty uh, pressure point massage therapist something. I forget the actual term for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they basically focus on like they hear your story and what you're all about, you know, how you do stuff at work and, you know, how you hurt your back and things like that. Um, like, for instance, I sit on my foot a lot. Um, like earlier I adjusted because I said on my feet, Ben yells at me all the time because of <laughs> circulation and crap like that. Um, so I'm sure that's affecting things. I have giant boobs, which I'm sure also affects my back and stuff, but, um, it's just, it's been like this reoccurring thing. And so I finally got an appointment with her. So it'll be on Monday. It was supposed to maybe be tomorrow, but I'm sad. It's not It's until Monday. So anyway, after I see her and once I look into my general doctor and all that kind of stuff, Um, depending on what is said about it, it might be something maybe where I need to eat differently specifically because it's affecting something. I don't know. I have no idea what it is, which also freaks me out and stresses me out and I get anxiety about it, which is not helping the situation (laughs) like at all. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's so many different organs down there that do like filtery things, right? So it it could be something that you're eating that's clogging a filter. Exactly. So that's kind of why I'm like a little worried about it. And I can kind of feel like a weird little bump thing, but who knows? That could be something that could be there. I don't know. And I'm just thinking it, but it's not. But I'm kind of, I mean, obviously I need to start taking better care of myself, which we've talked about forever. Um, but in addition to that and seeing somebody, cause I, and the reason why I chose to go to this lady before going to a general doctor is one, I wanted time to research someone, um, and find somebody who works for me because I didn't want to go and be like, my side hurts. Like I kind of want more like, okay, this is what's in that region. This is what I can tell about what your body, like if something's just tight or whatever, I want that lady to be like, these are what muscles you're straining and then be like, okay, this is the body part that's on that side. It might be this. So that I can go to the doctor and be like, <laughs> I'm having issues with such and such here. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, so I'm hoping that that will give more answers to all that. But I'm, I know that eating healthier is obviously something that will benefit me. It's the go-to lifestyle change that everyone can and should make in general to to kind of feel better, I think, overall. (laughs) And kudos to you, Nevermore, for going after and and getting the insurance taken care of and then also scheduling appointments. Because I think that's – I know that was a major sticking point for you, that it was hard to, like – I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to do it. I'm just going to leave it alone because it'll go away if I don't look at it. So, and you really face that down and that's huge. So good on you. you. And this lady, she's not, it's 
whatever she is, it's not like where my insurance goes towards that or anything. So I just have to eat the cost of going to see her. Mm. Uh, but my mom, who is a nurse, uh, she works like nights for like 13 hour shifts. She swears by this lady. It's not like a chiropractor. It's not a masseuse or whatever. It's just, uh, I think it's called pressure point therapy or something. I don't know. It starts with an M, whatever it's actually called. Okay. Um, but basically it's like, okay, like if you like twist your shirt, you can like see the lines in it, you know, like where it kind of goes to a point. It's like, okay, if it hurts here, like it's stemming into all these different areas type of a thing. That um, stuff but, is amazing. Yes. It, and, like massage therapists know that that stuff too. And it's like, I've had things that they're like, yeah, you're the reason that you can't breathe is because the ch- your chest like muscles are all constricted. And if I loosen them at this point here and all of a sudden you'll be able to breathe again. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of, that's exactly why I decided that, um, I talked to my mom and I decided that I was going to go see her lady because obviously she's a nurse. Like if she swears by it for like her back and all that, when she's working these long shifts and like, even my grandma has gone to see this lady. Uh, Cause my grandma has like where her back's kind of where she starts to kind of like lean forward or whatever. Yeah. Um, but she'll go and have that relieved. My sister's gone to have her knee pop, not pop back in place, but like realigned cause it gets off kilter and all that. <laughs> so I'm hoping that she'll have some answers for me. And then once I figure out my doctor, that that'll help too. So, but I have a feeling that regardless, in addition to just, you know, eating healthier foods that I might look into certain like dietary plans. Um, I don't know exactly what, if it'll be like gluten-free or whatever, but if that makes me feel better and makes the little discomfort go away, then I guess I'm doing it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, uh, the final, I guess, demon for me anyways, that I, that I wanted to kind of revisit on, on this episode. And I don't know if you guys have anything else before we move into our listener feedback, but, uh, I did want to touch a little bit on dealing with cliques and kind of feeling left out. So I basically, uh, was, was feeling this way a few weeks ago and was feeling a little bit targeted by some people and and just generally really unhappy with some of the stuff I was doing. And so basically I took myself out of it and I feel so much better. <laughs> That's awesome. And I just basically like I removed myself from the situation and I had a couple of really good weeks and I feel like now I'm ready to return to it. And with a I guess better, better mindset or, or different outlook. I, I don't know how best to say it, but like, I feel like taking a few weeks away from the situation actually really helped me. <laughs> Good. 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 And that's huge. Yeah. And I think like, uh, not necessarily that I, I was like trying too hard or what, but I think I was just, um, making it bigger than it should have been. Like, not necessarily in terms of, like, things that were happening or or my reactions or anything else, but it just, like, it was a small part of my life, and I was making it, like, a really big part of my life in the way, yeah. in, in terms of, like, um, the amount of time I was taking thinking about things and the amount of, like, uh, just emotional 
the motions and things I was putting into it. Like, I mean, I was talking about it with Matt. I was talking about it with my roommates. I was talking about it with my parents. Like they were like, they would call and be like, Oh, what's going on? And I was like, oh, this thing blah, to like every person that would listen. And then I was like, Oh my God, if I actually like take a look at the amount of time that I'm spending doing this thing versus the amount of time that I'm spending obsessing, being upset and talking about this thing, it's probably like a hundred and one hundred to one ratio. Like this is not, yeah. this is not, healthy or good in any way shape or form so yeah. i just uh i took a few weeks away from it and i feel so much better now <laughs> just that such a awesome. just such a weight off my shoulders really and and i think that like like i said i think i'm ready to to put myself back into the situation with a new outlook now but uh man <sighs> cliques are no fun <laughs> no. no they're not and but a lot of times giving yourself perspective, different yeah. perspective, it helps so much. Um, and because, yeah, you were being consumed by the situation um, in it was it was occupying your your outside thoughts. It was mm -hmm. occupying your conversations with your loved ones. And so, you know, clearly stepping away is was the healthy thing to do. It absolutely was. And I, and I think that that's kind of the point that I wanted to get across to people because I've seen, and it's not necessarily just when it comes down to dealing with cliques. And, and actually this is a pretty good segue into the, into the email that we have to, to deep dive in on this week. But, um, basically just taking time for myself and recognizing the things that I need and don't need, um, really made me feel a lot better and has almost like pushed the reset button on all of my nerves and emotions when it came to the situation. And I think that just knowing that about yourself, like knowing your limits and knowing when to walk away, it's actually really, really, really important when it comes to a lot of things in life. So I think I made the right decision to to step away for a few weeks and I, and I feel better about it now. So uh, yeah, overall, I just wanted to say like, Cliques are still a thing. They're probably always going to be a thing. As long as there are people and people in groups, there are going to be people in said groups that are closer than other people and they're going to treat each other differently. And that's just the way that it is. And I know like I have other friends who are part of other groups and, you know, like in, in totally other areas of my life who feel the same way about like me and someone else in a group. And I'm just like, no, this isn't like, you know, we're all together and we're all friends and we're all everything. But I think like as much as yes, cliques are a thing, our interpretations and are they're also a thing, you know, like you may think that, you know, from outside that, oh, they're so close and I'm being left out. But really, like, that's not the way it is. So I think that there needs yeah. to be a little bit of understanding there as well that, you know, like sometimes things on the inside are different than they appear on the outside. So yes, conclusions. Yeah, it's it's always better, I think, to, to talk about stuff. But then you also need to trust the talking that you're doing because and the the conversation specifically that I had with a friend over the weekend who was basically like in my shoes with an, with a group that I was a part of. So he was the one feeling left out and, um, I was talking to him and basically I was just saying, you know, like, well, from my perspective, like this is how it is and this is what's going on. And I don't want you to feel the way you're feeling because it's just not true. And he didn't like trust my answers. And like, and I was just like, there, it's it's got to go, you know, both ways. And I, and I do understand that it is very, very difficult when you feel like you're the one on the outside and someone's saying, no, no, you're 
you're totally part of the group, but you don't feel it. It can, yeah. it can be very hard to, to trust the feedback that you're getting from the other person. But I still, still think it's, it's important to have those conversations and, you know, it can only bring people closer together. It's so much better than just totally shutting down and being angry because <laughs> I know that was my kind of default mode for a while was just shut down and be angry. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't doing anything good. You were feeling really bad yeah. and frustrated and angry and it was infecting other parts of your life mm -hmm. and nobody needs that crap. Like You don't need to feel unwanted or left out in things because there's so many other things out there for you yeah. where you are wanted, where you do, uh, where people do want you there. So uh, many other so things yeah. to do with all of my energy. <laughs> it's right. Like, you know, change the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoa, whoa. hang on. Let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> podcast at a time. Yeah. But uh, so speaking of kind of the uh, knowing when to pull yourself away, we have an email that came to us uh, to, at Demons Pod. We are sorry. Bleh, Jocelyn does podcasting. <laughs> we got an email sent to us at demonspodcast at gmail.com from John who wanted to uh, share his demon, share his story with us. It's kind of a long one, so bear with me as I get through this, but um, basically the, the email that he sent, he said it took him almost a half an hour to write, and he pared it down quite a lot already, so I didn't want to take out any of the parts of the story that he felt were uh, worth sharing. So it's kind of a long email. Bear with me. Here we go. <clears throat> John says, a couple of days ago, I had to send a message to someone who was the best friend in my life to tell her that we should separate completely. It was an email because we've never actually met in person before, but for the first time, or for, sorry, for the past 14 years or so, she's been my closest and longest friendship. I've always had problems making close friends. I'm an extremely shy person. Even in games, I feel anxious trying to say anything quote unquote publicly. I get along with almost anybody, though. I've had school friends and work friends, but because of my shyness, I almost never found people to be friends with outside of those places. Maybe it was due to my shyness, but the few close friendships I did occasionally make would last for about a year or so before they drifted away and I'd end up alone again. Because of this, I've developed trust issues. In my mind, my rationalization was that maybe people discovered I wasn't worth the trouble and effort of getting past all of my issues. By the way, this is a Jocelyn aside. I have heard this kind of sentiment from a couple of my online friends who feel that like they're not worth the time. And I assure you that that's never, ever, ever, ever the case, <laughs> especially with online friendships. It can be really difficult because there's so many different platforms and there's so many different ways to communicate with people that sometimes it becomes very difficult to keep up with them all. It doesn't mean that people don't like you or you're not worth the effort. I think it's just a matter of our attention spans being split in a billion different ways right now. At least that is how it is for me and my perspective and the way that my life works is sometimes it's not like I hear from somebody, I'm like, oh my God, yay, you person. I love you. Yes, I'm so glad we have an, like an afternoon to talk. But if you don't hit me on the right platform, that's probably not going to happen. So I think our attention gets split. Anyways, that was a, that was a Joss aside. I just want to make make sure people know that it, it's not that you're not worth the effort. <laughs> don't ever think that. That makes me feel very sad. <laughs> Uh, so John goes on to say, uh, one day I found Bella, not her real name. We were playing the same game together and in a move of extreme boldness for me, I messaged her. We became friends and quote unquote guildmates. 
In the interest of shortening this, I'll paraphrase the good years of our friendship. We played nearly every day, chatted on TeamSpeak. She didn't work, so she chatted with me via Gmail while I worked. We called each other on breaks. We got on webcams. Eventually, it turned into a long-distance relationship. Yes, in every way possible. It was my first ever relationship. People may call it virtual, but it was definitely real to us. My heart felt happy. It fluttered at thinking about calling her and essentially wagged its tail at her. I love that. <laughs> wagged its tail at her first chat message every day. Everyone always noted I looked incredibly happy or asked why I was smiling so much after I was with her. As these, as these things go, she broke my heart one day. It's a long story, and I don't blame her for it, but suffice to say, she married an old friend of hers. It took about a year to get over, but we messaged each other and became friends again. Less intense, but we still chatted and played every day. A lot of World of Warcraft. Eventually, our guilds got bored and switched games to one I didn't like. Bella played more and more with them, and she and I spoke less and less. I tried playing the new game, and it was like old times with Bella when I did, but in the end, I stopped as I got further and further behind. She started messaging me less and less, eventually becoming no more than a message every few weeks. I keep Gmail open, and every night I would see her name at the top of my list, and half of my heart would swell with cautious joy that she might message me, while the other half would feel crushing pain knowing she didn't care anymore." Every night was this way for years. I should note that it wasn't lovesickness. I just missed my dear friend. After she got married, I also found someone and I have children and happiness on my own. But people say that the first time we fall in love, we fall the hardest and sometimes don't get over them. I realized for me, it's like the first time a newborn animal sees their mother. The newborn impresses onto their mom and it's that instant deep love. When I fell for Bella, my heart impressed onto her. In a relationship or not, I would always care deeply for her. But I also realized that this just wasn't healthy. I couldn't end every day of my life clutching sadness and confusion. Saying I was depressed for these years is a profound understatement. She had turned from the most beautiful thing in my life to my dearest friend to an illness that was killing me and I knew I needed to get rid of her to have a chance of recovering. That's when I messaged her to say we should separate completely. Days later, she still hasn't bothered to reply. I know she doesn't hate me. We last spoke in January wishing each other happy holidays. I just know she moved on and now has new friends. But it hurts knowing how easily she took our old years together and left them behind her on the floor along with me. And now I feel broken again. I'm depressed. Not suicidal. I would never do that to my family. I can function fine. But I feel like half my life has been a waste with nothing. I lost the end of the email. Hang on. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's a very, very long email and it didn't fit in my Google sheet. <laughs> um, I feel like half my life has been a waste with nothing good to show for my relationship to Bella. And now I miss the kind of friends I had in our guild. But I'll feel like I'll never make those friends again. I used to feel like maybe I wasn't worth the trouble. But now it feels like letting people close isn't worth the trouble either if they can hurt you so deeply. That's a very, very long, but also I think very common story, at least one that I've heard quite a few times in our kind of, I guess, circle of online people that we know. Um, I think that, and we may or may not have touched on it, um, actually, when we were talking about Ralphie a couple of episodes ago, um, but I find that um, just when we were talking about the whole idea of virtual or online friends versus real friends and how I don't see the distinction the reason I don't see the distinction is because we have so many passions in common. We can actually find people who are like kindred spirits a whole lot easier than I think sometimes we can in real life. Because when you have so much in common with people, you can form these really, really deep personal bonds. And I think that that 
when they go away for whatever the reason may be, makes it that much more um, like poignant, important, hurtful, painful. Like all of these these kind of negative emotions are that much more heightened because we have such a close connection to them in the first place. And especially where you have somebody who you have spent years and years and years talking to every single day, when that gets removed from your life, whether it's gradual or instant, uh, it's it's incredibly painful by the time you realize that, you know, that relationship has changed. But I will say I 100% think that you did the right thing, knowing the effect that it was having on you emotionally and mentally to just see her name constantly every day. And is today the day she's going to message me or is today the day we're going to get back and be like we were? You know, I, you did the right thing, I think. I agree. Yeah, there's there's a couple things here that I'm going to point out. Um, I'm sorry, John, but I don't think you ever stop loving her. <laughs> um, because, you know, and I don't think you ever fell out of love with her ever. Um, so what you're going through right now is grief. Mm -hmm. It's the breakup. You're, you're going through the breakup of the, the relationship and it's been slowly withering away over time, but your, your feelings, even you getting married and having kids, I, I see that right through this email and I might be, you know, I might be shooting at the stars here, but I really <laughs> feel like you haven't ever let her go. And so that's why you're feeling this way now. It is this feeling of, you know, finality and the breakup is here and you are, you know, you're getting your closure, but she's not giving you the closure. She's not actually acknowledging it back to you, which is even worse. It's mm -hmm. so hard to not get that closure from her to wish you well or say something like that. But she's been gone for a long time. You just haven't, as, as Jay just said, you, you took it off life support. You pulled the plug off of it, but it's only for your sake. For her, she's already, she's, she's moved on. Mm -hmm. The other thing I will point out, and it's something that I've talked about on Torrent Think Tank in the past, and it's something called the sunk cost fallacy. Uh, the sunk cost fallacy is the uh, belief that as long as you have put time and effort into something, that it is worth something even when it's lost its its value. So let's say, for instance, that you are uh, you are in this relationship with someone. You've put in, as you view it, 14 years of time that you have dedicated to this person. You gave them their heart, your heart, their, your trust. You're, you've told them things that no one else has told you. And you look at it and say, it, it, I've given everything to this and I have sunk all that in there. I can't let it go because I've put all this time and effort into it. Um, it's a typical thing for relationships that people look at. So you think about it and say, I have invested so much. I can't, I can't move on from it. I can't change that. And the answer to that is, of course you can. You can always do that. You can always walk away from it. You can always start again, but you take the lessons that you've learned from the experience to the next phase. Um, well, we yeah. function, we function very much like this in our world, right? It's like, um, let's say you're learning a craft. Nevermore. Um, you're learning a craft. You put in time and effort. You've gone to school. You put money into that. You tie, you go, and then all of a sudden you've crafted, you've bought supplies. 
You've bought a, a whole room of supplies that you've done it. And you sit down one day and you go, I freaking hate this. Yeah. <laughs> but you look at it and say, I've done all of this effort. I've spent all of this money. I've wasted all of this time. I can't stop. Yeah. And so that is the sunk cost fallacy. You have to resolve that in your brain to say, yes, I have invested 14 years into this person, but that doesn't mean that you're done. It doesn't. Yeah, I think that basically at least part of what I'm getting from this email is that he's having trouble potentially actually finding what those lessons might be. And yeah. he's he's not realizing the value of a 14-year friendship. And I think if if absolutely nothing else, what this experience should teach you is that you are worth someone's time and you do have something to offer and you are loved. And those are very important lessons that you can learn about yourself is to know that, you know, someone did care about you for a very long time. And she probably still does. It can just be sometimes like f different factors in our lives just pull us away from people. And yeah. sometimes it's not intentional. Sometimes it's completely out of our control. But, you know, uh, and we've talked about that before. About yeah. Friends that have you know, like drifted off her friend yeah. that she's wanted to talk to. I have my friend who I've been friends with for probably eight something years and we've drifted apart too. And I feel the same way where I'm like, I've been replaced by this other friend, you know, and like, I miss her, but it makes me sad. And how come she doesn't talk to me? Like we've, we all have experienced that at some point. And my question too is you said kind of your goodbye, like your end kind of closure thing. Um, and she didn't write back. What if she did, you know, does it hurt you more that she didn't? Or do you think it would hurt you more if she had said something? Cause if she said something, it would either be, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, have a good life. Like mm -hmm. a two sentence thing or a giant paragraph where it could start all over again. And then you're hurt again, you know? So it's almost, I think in my opinion, a good thing that she didn't say anything. Cause it's a clean break and you can kind of, take your time to get over it, you know? Cause like Jules said, you're kind of not a little bit. Um, Cause I think if she had said something, I think that would have just complicated it for you. So I'm, I'm personally glad she didn't say it. Cause I hope that you're able to kind of move on and accept that it was a friendship that lasted a long time and then make new friends, which isn't always easy, but sometimes life changes and you need that. I think. Yeah. So I'm also going to say number one, I think you need to get some therapy. Uh, and so to talk to someone, a professional about these feelings, my big concern here is that you have gone into a relationship in your life that you have now, maybe not being completely honest with yourself about how you feel about life. And it might be a good time to really deeply examine that because it takes really big guts to stand up and say, I... I, I've been hanging on to this unhealthy relationship and I need to stop this. It's, it's killing me. Um, you made a huge step forward. So use that momentum and continue to work on those things because it, it sounds like you have more work to do about your self-worth, your feelings of, of, uh, trust. Um, you know, I'll tell you what I've been, I, I've been in those situations and I, st I mean, I had a, a challenge to my trust this week. 
I mean, big time, like, you know, rock me to the core trust issue popping its ugly head up again. And it goes all the way back to the stuff that I was, that I had to go through last year with being portrayed and being, you know, completely blown out of the water by a situation that I had no, no knowledge of. Mm -hmm. And it's always a work in progress. You know, I can sit here and I can be confident. I can get on a microphone and I can talk about some of this stuff, but I struggle with the same trust issues. And if I let them fester, I could just basically implode and not talk to anybody and be like, I, I can't trust any of you because all of you are going to screw me and you're going to hurt me. And I can't deal with that. And I, you know, that's, I can't function like that. You know, I, I want to have people that I love and trust in my life, but it takes work. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with the recommendation here for therapy, because I know these kind of things you aren't necessarily always objective about. Like it's, it's really, really hard to see your own experiences and your own feelings clearly. So getting an outside perspective, an outside professional perspective can actually be really helpful. And it, it's not a negative experience. It doesn't mean that you're crazy. It doesn't mean nope. that you're wrong or, you know, that you're weak or anything else like that. It's just get help getting someone's help to navigate your way through the very very murky waters that are emotions <laughs> is is very 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 helpful and it, it will help you kind of get some perspective and 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 move on in a positive way because i know like you you made a very important step i think um as someone who um after years removed herself from an abusive relationship, I can say you're the only person who can actually make that break. You're the only person that can say like, this is when I'm done and that's the start of the healing. So I think I completely also agree with Jules there saying that, you know, like this is when your breakup happened. Like this is the time, this is why there's grief. Like this is why you're feeling the way you're feeling now, because even though it's been growing over time and distance has been growing and everything else, like this is when the break happened. And from the sounds of your email and the sounds of the way that you speak about her, I'm not saying that this is an, an abusive relationship, but it's definitely one that you couldn't have walked away from until you were actually ready. And yes. I think that that's very important is that you've now made the step where you have been ready, you have made the break and you have walked away of your own volition. And I think that's really important. And it took me probably a good seven to 10 years to fully, like I'm still struggling with a lot of the issues that came from my relationship because I didn't get therapy. And I think that if I had gone and had some help, that it would have been a faster process. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, and, and essentially I think you're saying Jocelyn and also, uh, for our writer, you've left the candle burning in the window this entire time. Yeah. Praying and hoping that this person would maybe just change their mind and come back or, you know, that it would be like it was before. And when you blew the candle flame out by saying, I am no longer going to make any contact with you, you're saying, I'm not going to hope that you will contact me. I'm not going to see your name on Google and hope that you'll send me a message. You've blown the candle flame out. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very big step and a, and a very important one. A lot of people one. can't even yeah. get to that point, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. 
It's yeah. so I agree, you know, the, 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 the therapy aspect of it, um, know that you're going through normal stuff is mm-hmm. that it comes with a breakup, you know? Um, but know that it is something that you can move past and, uh, you know, and Nevermore made a really good point earlier. Be gr- it, it gives you perspective. <laughs> you did. It happens. It, it happens. Always happens. You come at it from a, a great perspective yeah. and you said, you know, you, um, you learn from the things that you have and you also hopefully can now appreciate the things in your life that you do have. And, you know, you do have a family and you do have children. And so again, perspectives changing. If you have now closed the store, what is now opened for you? Mm-hmm. Very good advice. And I think very important. That was a great point. I think to end on Jules, <laughs> focus on the positive and what do you have now? Um, that's yeah, very, very, very good advice. So if you guys would like to write into the show, you can do so by emailing us at demonspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us and tweet us over on Twitter. We are at demons podcast. Jules, where can folks find you on the internet? You can find me at Jules RPG on Twitter, and you can also find me on the Torn Think Tank podcast, which records Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central. I am going to have a guest this week um, about job satisfaction and job hunting. So if you guys are out there listening and you would like to hear this one, I met a lady when I was in Orlando who is, she runs a, a, web, a website called Find My Perfect Job, and she does a podcast related to it thought it was she would be an, an excellent guest. Uh, and so that will be this Thursday at 8 p.m. Central. And I am also scheduling, Nevermore's going to be so excited for this, <laughs> Oddish is coming back to the show soon. Yes, she will I be most likely, Oddish. she's po- most likely coming back. Oddish is a, uh, is, is a transgender streamer and Heroes of the Storm grand, grandmaster player. Uh, she is incredible. We have a letter uh, from a from an audience member that wants to hear from her, and we're also going to talk about building positive communities on Twitch. So very uh, cool. Yeah. yeah, she is probably like I've I've watched a few of her streams. I cannot believe the amount of happiness and positivity that just streams out of her as she's playing heroes, like all in the time. all of the time. And if she even gets to the point that I think like most people's high point is her low point. <laughs> like if she yes. even gets to that point, she's just like, you know what? I'm going to stop streaming now guys. Cause I'm super negative. I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, she's become a friend of mine over this past year. I am very, very uh, blessed to have gotten to know her and, uh, and send, spend time with her. And I just, I'm so excited. She's coming back because it's like, a full year after she was on the show and so much has changed for her life. And she's about to help someone else who is, uh, who is trans, who is trying to come out to their gaming friends. So it's going to be a pretty amazing show. (gasps) I'm excited. Yes. (laughs) Very excited. Sounds like you have some really great stuff lined up on triple T. I can't wait. (laughs) I particularly am very excited about the job chat. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's going to uh, be a good I'm one for me. So like we really want to want to hit this one in a good way for base. I mean, she she's never talked to gamers before, but I think <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, no. you know, it's all about finding your 
finding job satisfaction and when to know when it's okay to walk away from what you're doing and how to change careers and all that stuff. So if you want hey, to Hey, we a need listen, a good career to pay for some of these games that are taking all our money. <laughs> yeah, jeez. I, <laughs> I swore that I would never spend money in hots. I'm like, I'm only going to play Illidan. I'm never going to give Blizzard any extra money. And now I own like almost all the heroes and like a lot of the skins. So <laughs> good job, Blizzard. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Overwatch loot boxes. Damn it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Nevermore, where can folks find you online? I am on Twitter. I'm at quoted Nevermore. And that's the best place. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. You can also head over to JossPlays.com for links to everything that it is that I do. You can also go over and check out A Move TV because that's where the majority of my podcasts are located i was gonna say held and i was like that sounds like they're like being held for ransom or something <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for us this week guys thank you so much for listening and we will see you next tuesday bye, bye. guys bye.